Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have a lovely soul. Her name is Gabriela Cervantes, and I met Gabriela a couple of months ago at this really wonderful event out at uh, Cal Poly Pomona. We did this event called STARS, which it means students targeted at reaching success. And she was there as a speaker as well. And so I really wanted her to come to have a chat with us here at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast because she's got so many wonderful things. She is a content creator. She's a college readiness speaker. She's medical social worker. She's an entrepreneur. She has a cafe, which we'll be talking about it on the on the pod. And she's an author. And she's a podcaster for all things first gen. Uh, she's got an amazing, amazing story, and she's a brilliant woman. She's an experienced medical social worker, and we're going to talk a little bit about that on this podcast. But I really wanted her to be here because she really knows a lot about a lot of things. It's so impressive, and our conversation really touches upon the fact that you just don't need to be just one thing. You can do a lot of things and don't let other people persuade you to the contrary that if you stick with one direction, that's all you're meant to do. So this uh, episode is about being resilient and about pivoting and really making your dreams happen. And you know, on Amiga Handle Your Shit, that is definitely what is happening with her. So without further ado, this is Gabriela Cervantes. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm here with my beautiful friend. Her name is Gabriela M. Cervantes, and she is not only a life savior, because <laughs> believe me, she's been a lifesaver for me. It's raining outside, and the internet is so wonky, and it's just, it's a nightmare right now. 
but she came to save the day. And actually, we're using her Wi-Fi, her connection with the podcast. And so it's really neat to have wonderful friends like this who like step up and say, no, no, no hay problema. Just don't fret. Just I'll do it. I'll do it for you. So I'm excited. Thank you so much, Gabriela, for that. Welcome. I'm all about like, okay, that's the problem, but where's the solution at? Let's do it. And the quicker yeah. we get <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much. And so, amigas, I met Gabriela at an event. It's called STARS. And STARS is for kids. Um, basically, they're students. They were called student targeted at reaching success. And it was a beautiful event where uh, we both got invited to lead in a workshop for these students. And it was so beautiful. And I instantaneously loved Gabriela. The connection was just so real. I love what she's doing. And I'm so grateful that she's here on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast because she's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of things to tell us and share with us because she's been handling her shit for quite some time. She is not only an author, she's a content creator, She's a medical social worker. She's an entrepreneur. She's also a podcaster. And she's going to lead a new direction. And, and I'm so, I'm going to keep it at the end because it's so, so exciting. And there's a lot to uncover with that. But mm-hmm. Amiga, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. It's been a pleasure since I met you. I I think you're right spot on with the energy. I think we clicked immediately. Our experiences in our education journeys and now as professionals and learning how to like embrace every single side of ourselves without attaching any guilt or shame and leaving a certain career or leaving any phase of life that we've been ingrained to believe right oh you're gonna grow up and become this or become that and oh you'd be great at this because whatever but stepping into your own journey and carving out a path that works for ourselves I think that's where I resonated with you and I think it's awesome that you're doing creative work now as well so thank you yes well no thank you so much Gabriela for acknowledging that and really just setting the stage for this interview because really There's not just one direction. Just because you decided to do X work doesn't mean it should be for the rest of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that you are so creative and you have, I mean, some people would say a jack of all trades, right? Because you know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so before we get to talk about each of the things that you are familiar with and are really great at, I really want Amigas to understand where you came from Mm -hmm. and your family background. So I was born and raised in California, in Baldwin Park, California. My mom is from Zacatecas and my dad is from Jalisco. They were both born in Mexico. And my mom didn't come to the U.S. until she was in her 20s. And my dad came when he was eight. So he grew up in Boyle Heights. He would be a little bit more Americanized, I would say, than, than my mom. My mom is más de rancho. And I grew up in a very Hispanic <laughs> environment. Uh, Baldwin Park is predominantly Hispanic. I would say about 80%. The rest is Asian or Pacific Islander. And then the sprinkle of black and white here and there. 
And so when I would go to the market, for example, it would be Vallarta or whatnot and or La Carniceria. And it was like Mexican music was playing, you know, and it was like it was very like friendly type of culture where it's like, oh, pasale, con que le puedo ayudar? like very good interactions with people. And then I I graduate early from high school. I was 16 years old when I got into UCLA. And so me toca irme to a university that is complete opposite of Baldwin Park, California. I show up <laughs> and I'm over here's the thing. When you're 16 years old and you do something like that, you really think you are smart. And like ain't nothing wrong with thinking you're smart. <laughs> but I right, I right, up, right, right, right. I show up to this space and I'm like, wait everybody's smart here and I had no concept of like people that got here because they had parents that were educated because they had the funds for it there's people that were here on scholarships like myself there's people that had to work three jobs that were undocumented like all these different life experiences that I was just not exposed to and there I go with you know my delusional belief that I could do anything in life and boom, I hit the first one. It's like, oh, so you mean in order for me to be a doctor, I had to be good at chemistry and science and all this stuff? <laughs> you me I can't be whatever I want to be, right? Like there's, there's like that reality check, right? You're raised, especially my generation. I, I just turned 30. And a lot of us grew up receiving participation trophies. Like, let's keep it 100 here. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't give those out <laughs> in real life. And so it was kind of, it was an interesting dynamic to grow up believing that. And like your parents not knowing better. So I think that mixture of like self-confidence, believing I could really do anything, just being so naive is what like pushed me to go head on and do all these things that I've done throughout my life, really not knowing what I'm getting myself into. But uh, because of, uh, I'm a tough little cookie, I figure it out. And once I figure it out, I turn around and I tell everybody else how I did it so that they don't have to, you know, that's in la madre the way I did. <laughs> like that's just right. how it function. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you're, you're, a lot younger than me. <laughs> I could possibly be your mom. Actually, no, I could. <laughs> I'm doing the math. Oh my God, I could. But you know, we both went to USC. You you got your master's at USC. Yes. But you know, back in the day when I was going to USC, I mean, it was like, there was no Google, there was no phones, there was nada, nada. And you can imagine the culture shock. Like there weren't that many Latinos either. Uh -uh. So it was like, you're like this little brown kid and you're like, what the heck? Like what? <laughs> and you go through this culture crisis and identity crisis because you start realizing that the only people that you relate to are the ones that are serving. They're either cutting the grass, cutting down the weeds, serving the food, cleaning your dorms. And then, then you start feeling guilty of like, why do I get to have a chance to sit in a class and not have to be the one cleaning the classroom after the kids leave, you know? So all of that happening in your brain while at the same time, if you get the chance to go back home with your family and tell them like, you know what, it's actually really hard. I da -da -da -da, And then they're like, 
why are you complaining? I had to uh, walk two miles to school in the heat by llegar a la escuela del rancho. And like they do this competition of like who suffered more. And then you're like, okay, so never mind. I'm not going to tell you about my problems because there's no, there's no validation, right? And that's all we were really seeking. Like, I just don't want you to understand that I'm struggling in my own way and that it doesn't take away from your experience. And even right. though I make it easier in your eyes, it's still valid. Like my pain, my stress, my anxiety is still very much real. Even though to right. you, you're like, that's a piece of cake. Are you kidding me? You know, so there's a lot yeah, of that. Definitely. And I think also like just being, okay, first generation Mexican-American, because I know you're first generation as well. It's the costumbres from Mexico. Like they don't to just try to acculturize to this society. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And you're raising a kid still not knowing the complete culture, no. right? So they try to inculcate the traditions from the mother country to put them on you. And it'll, it'll get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, the thing is that they were so as immigrants, right? They believed that education was the ticket to success. And it's like, if you do that, like you're going to be successful no matter what, right? Just get your degree and whatever. And it's like, that was before the internet was introduced. Uh, That was before social media came about. Like there's all these other factors that go into who we are as human beings to just focus on one tiny aspect of like formal education. And I'm telling you, a lot of people my age grew up with the sense of entitlement. Like, oh, I got my degree. I should be getting paid X, Y, and Z. And it's like, it ain't like that. And so you have an entire generation of people that went into these jobs or this market after they graduated, believing that they were entitled to a certain salary because they got participation trophies back in elementary school. And now it's like anxiety, depression, um, mental health issues. Like we're not satisfied with life or self-loathing. Like there's so much content around like, I hate my life. And like, I'm just going to go drink for the weekend and then clock back in at work on Monday in this vicious cycle. And then like, it's, it, they blame it a lot on like the education system. But my whole thing is like, you're just, all you need to do is switch the angle because that degree you got or whatever other formal education you went after, you went after it for a reason. It served its purpose while it did its thing, right? Like during that time in your life, whatever version of yourself you were, So if you were to see it from a different angle and apply it in a more entrepreneurial way and you start expanding your mind and creativity and how you can serve and things like that, le puedes sacar mucho provecho a ese título. And that's where people get stuck or when they hear that I did like entrepreneurial social work, they're like, what is that? Or like, how is she X, Y, and Z? And like, you only went to school to do sociology. What are you going to do with the sociology degree, Messi? I'm like, ah, como chingan. Like, (laughs) Like once you get your degree, it's like, what are you gonna do with it? And then if you if you get married, are you gonna have kids? And like, oh, cuando vas a tener el otro? Like it just doesn't stop. And then not to mention on top of that, you know how you talked about like they tried to raise you with the culture and the traditions from the motherland. Sprinkle Catholicism on top of all of that. Mm-hmm. And like them judging you as a person and how good or bad you are based on what you're following or not following, because there's a there's a blur between what's Mexican and what's Catholic. And I tell people all the time, it's so funny because I told my husband, we got married by civil, right? In Las, in Las Vegas in 2012, but my mom didn't count it. 
because she's like, you're still living in mortal sin until you get married through the church. And I was like, all right, homegirl. So I got married through the church <laughs> in 2014. But I would tell my husband, I'm like, dude, you don't even go to church. Like, why are we getting married through the church? He's like, because we're Mexican. I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's a difference between your like ethnic background and your religion. And he's like, I know. And I'm just like, like a baptism is Catholic, right? The sacrament. And then I'm like, a baptism with Grupo Norteño and beer, that's Mexican. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. But like, that's how the culture is. It's so heavily influenced by so many other things. Entonces, as a first gen, experiencing that at home versus what you're doing in higher education and somehow trying not to lose yourself in between all that. And you're trying to have me drink eight gallons of water a day or whatever. It's like, I can't. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. And going with that mindset, but you know, you actually had the wherewithal of like, you know what? I'm 16 at UCLA. You're taking advantage that you have these skills, but you know that you can do something with the skills. Mm-hmm. And then you and 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 with that, you decided to write a book. Mm-hmm. about your experience mm-hmm. can you tell us why you decided to write a book so I'm one of those people that if I don't see it out in society what I'm looking for I'm really gonna have to go out there and do it like that's mm-hmm. I don't know why my brain operates like that I'm like well I guess it's my duty to do this <laughs> yes yes it's your human design I Luana, like ain't nobody gonna have these thoughts because it's in my brain for a reason. It's my inspiration for a reason. And I'm actually willing to put the work in to get this work out there. And it was born out of the thought, okay, so what did an earlier version of me need? And what does that look like? And 99% of the time, when you tell someone about your experiences, you allow for a connection to happen. But that requires that you're vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm we're not too quick to talk about our problems in our culture. And I was like, had I known one person's experience of what it was like to be the first one to go to college, I would have felt less alone. Was that going to solve all my problems? No, but it was going to make me feel less crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to start by starting my podcast, right? That was the first thing, like that was my little entrepreneurial bug starting a podcast because I said at the time in 2017, I started listening to like entrepreneurship podcasts, but they were all males. Mm. There, was, there was hardly any female uh, or woman entrepreneur podcast, let alone Hispanic or Latina. And I was like, it's not out there. I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. Had, I had like five listeners. I had like 200 followers on Instagram and who had the audacity, right? Me. Um, so like, it doesn't matter who's listening. The point is that it's getting out there and eventually it'll land on the right ears. So I started with that. And then one of the listeners reached out and said, Hey, can you do a podcast on your experience as a Latina at UCLA? And I was like, Oh, that's going to be a long podcast. That's going to be like a whole season. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I just started like writing in my laptop. I mean, they me acordaba, right. Cause it's a lot. And so I, I realized that I ended up writing it like if I'm experiencing it right now right that's how I I put myself back into my 16 year old self and wrote it from that perspective but I only wrote like one chapter at that time it was just 
a brain dump and I gave it to my husband. He's like, so what happens after? And he's like, you're not going to write more. I'm like, you want to know the rest? He's like, yeah. And next thing you know, I wrote the 14 chapters and they were not all in order. It was like whatever came to mind. And then I started, I worried about the chronological order after, but it's a memoir. So I had to relive what I went through. And I remember experiencing times where I couldn't write. And it was because I was avoiding, I was avoiding living that again because it was a harsh experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to write about all of the things that happened to a first-gen person or could happen, right? Because I can't generalize my experience to everyone. But all the mental health issues that I experienced, some of the darkest moments that have occurred in my life, I experienced it while I was in UCLA. Um, the loneliness that it comes with being the first one in your family to do anything else other than what you were raised on, being outcasted for it. Like, mm -hmm. how are you going to encourage me to do this and then weaponize it and say that, oh, I, I think too much of myself, too highly of myself now because I have a degree and I viene esta con su titulo and she, you can't tell her nothing, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, it's really hard because you feel almost like if you didn't meet the standard, they their sacrifices and all of that was in vain but when you do meet the expectation it's weaponized and used against you so like you could never win and I know now as a social worker as a mental health advocate that it comes from trauma and that yeah. it's too deep for us to carry all of that and you're gonna have to come to a point in your life where you either focus on helping your parents understand you or actually living your life you cannot do both you can't do both. Oh my God. I love what you're saying. It's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. You're like, never going to make it. Take your pick. Take mm -hmm. your pick. You yeah. know, because either choice is probably going to be the wrong choice for, for everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. Because you cannot. So a lot of children of immigrant parents um, have parents that were in, in, and we talk about this a lot, survival mode, right? We were in survival mode, but we have like the survivor's guilt where it's like, why do we get to explore the nice things and they did it and blah, blah, blah. I used to think the same way until I sat down with my mom one day and I asked her if she was happy and she's like, I'm happy. She's like, I achieved everything I wanted to achieve in life because to her standards, she wanted to get married. She wanted to have children and she wanted to do it all through the Catholic church. And she's like, check, check, check. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she self-actualized and we talk about self-actualization right. a lot in mental health. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, I would cry if that was my reality, because to me and my standards, <laughs> I, I would, I would be dying to do something else. Right. But that's my standards to her. She self-actualized. And I'm over here feeling bad that she's not doing what I get to do, but she doesn't right. want that. Right. So what she said, she's like, I was fine until you started doing stuff differently. But ah. here, this is what I call the main character narrative, right? So in my mom's main character, she did everything in her list and she was thriving until I became an adult that had her own consciousness and started making different choices that didn't align with her main character narrative. So the issue starts when her main character is getting into my main character story. And we're like, right. Akumi, you have, you, you have your storyline, I have mine. But yeah. parents, they're so like trauma bonded that they're going to be like, no, because 
I, as a mom, raised you like this, and I'm going to go darle cuentas a Dios y que you have to do, you know what I mean? Like, that's when it gets, like, dang, how am I going to live within these two realities where it's like, in your book, I'm probably messing it up for you. But in mine, yeah. I'm living in my truth, and I'm actually, like, ecstatic about life, and it's really difficult. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. You, your life is parallel to mine as well. You know, I mean, different generations, different times, mm-hmm. but yet it's still the same. Exactly. That's it fucking doesn't change. So that's that's where my like sociology background comes in, my social work and me being exposed to literally hundreds of families and seeing this clear pattern in our yeah. culture. And there's no mistake as to why I ended up being in social work. Yo desde niña chiquita, I was that kid that was constantly watching my environment because of a traumatic experience. So I had high anxiety. I didn't feel safe. I had to always watch my back, but it made me hypervigilant and I was constantly observing other people's behaviors. And what that, what that does to you too is that you get to see in between the lines so fast. I knew people's intentions right away. Like you cannot tell me that this person's a good person as many times as you want to tell me. Like I knew immediately, like 10, 15 years before divorces started happening in my family, I knew it was coming as a kid, Yeah, you know? Right. Entonces, for me, that I, the fact that I ended up in this, in this career, it felt very natural and very intentional. And I think that's what allows me to make content the way I do today. And that's why I can resonate and hit people with the truth. And the, my approach is very like, Chile, this, this, and that, but well, I'm going to help you get through it. Okay, but I'm going I'm to be real with you. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what I do. And I know that that's not everyone's approach, but al que le cae, le cae. And that's just right. that's my energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love you. Oh, my <laughs> God. So you've done so many things. And so here you have this social work background and, you know, being with families and, you know, seeing these connections and also being an entrepreneur and finding that space where there's this niche for you. And I know that you've done so many things and I want to, you know, tap your shoulder on, on how you decided to, okay, from social work to owning a cafe. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, like, okay. All right. I know how you know you you are the community, I get that because social working and you can you can see that happening, right? You can do you can be a speaker and I can see how that direction moves forward. But then you have the cafe and I'm like, okay, I want to know more about that. Yeah. So tell us. Tell us so- about your cafe. I actually tell every social worker that I've met, I'm like, you guys would make incredible business owners. You guys just don't know it yet. And the reason why social workers make great business owners is because they understand people at so many different social economic backgrounds. Like you would be a great boss. You would be a great HR. You'd be great customer service because you know how to work with everyone. But we're not taught to think outside of our our profession and helping because we're so naturally inclined to just help people, you know? So my first job after I graduated social work from USC was at a dialysis center. It took me six months to realize that no matter how good of a social worker I was, there was going to be a market cap. 
and mm-hmm. we're always going to go back and reference whatever the market's paying for what you do because it's corporate America and they only have like a $3 like range to give you a, a raise or whatever. At six months, I had already reached the cap of what I was allowed to get paid. And I was like, so I'm not going to become a millionaire like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's like, a great resonance to know, right? Like, yeah. So that's kind okay, of the, the math. Math doesn't add up here. Math is not math. I can see that. For me, I was like, oh, dang. But you know what's crazy? It takes other people years. So Mm -hmm. I didn't feel as bad. But I'm like, it's not that I don't like social work. I love it. But is it going to make me a millionaire? No. And did I go to school to be a doctor where they get paid more and I could invest more money and become a millionaire that way? Tampoco, right? So then that's where I was like, I need to have my own business. I don't know what just yet, because that was in 2017. So that me having that realization is what led to the podcast, is what led to the book, is what led to public speaking. But when I started doing public speaking, it was because someone from my school district where I grew up read my book and they were like, you need to come talk to the kids. And I was like, about what? <laughs> and they're like, your life, literally. And I was like, okay, like my intention was just to have the book in the library so someone can pick it up and read it. But God had other plans. And I was like, all right, I'm getting pushed to go in this direction. So I started doing the public speaking and the man say, I'm Richard. He sat me down and he was like, I need you to understand that if you pursue public speaking, you're going to be extremely busy just in California because out of 20 speakers that he had on rotation, only four of them were people of color and the rest were white. Those four people, uh, they were black men. And he's like, Mm. and on on those 20 people that he had on the roster, only one was a woman and she was white. (laughs) So he goes, you being a woman and Latina in Southern California, where we have a heavy population of Hispanics, he's like, you're going to be really busy. And he's like, and this is like an entire world of public speaking. People get paid for this. And I'm like, y'all get paid for this? I would do it for free. Like, <laughs> like, like right. I don't know, career thing, right? So then I start getting booked. And I remember the most I got paid, like they hired me to do a rally and they paid me like something like $1,500. And it was like half an hour. But I know they're paying me because I know how to work the crowd. I know how to hype them up. Like this, I know what they're paying me for, which is my speaking skills, right? My ability to connect to people. I didn't feel comfortable being up there talking to kids about my college experience and then thinking I'm successful because of my degrees when it was my speaking skills. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't sleep at night knowing that I can't scale this skill set. It's I have to show up and do the speaking and be funny mm-hmm. and be relatable and connect to the crowd. Like, I can't tell you, hey, you can do this too. Porque lo tienes o no. Like, I can't instill that in you, right? That charm, that whatever. So I'm like, I have to go build something. And that was obviously me feeling like I had to go do something else to feel worthy of being called successful. And right. so I understand that also comes from trauma. <laughs> but... <laughs> I boy, right? I see like, okay, well, what kind of business do I want? And while I was traveling with my husband in Paris, France, I saw the cafe culture out there. And in London, Tambien, they have these beautiful corner cafes. People are sitting down, talking. No one's in a rush. 
Mm-hmm. They have all the time in the world. Right, right. And I remember in 2018, I remember there was like videos of people going viral for, for being very like entitled and mean at Starbucks. I don't know if you remember that era of like grown adults throwing tantrums. Do you remember that? Oh God, I, no. But <laughs> well, the internet was a little wild right there. And I just remember seeing like people literally throwing tantrums and like, I want this, you got it wrong. Like it was bad. And I'm like, wow. why are people so entitled? They're in such rush to go where? And so I was like, this would be so cool in LA. Like a cafe like this in a corner that invited people to slow down. Cause if not, they're literally gonna die. Like you're rushing to die. Right. Yeah, yeah, rushing to die. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. And so I said, plus I love coffee and I like sweets. So a cafe kind of sounded perfect, right? But oh you'll yeah. like I never thought I was gonna go through with it until that summer after I, I was talking with my younger sister and I was like, dude, like I'm craving some like waffles with like ice cream on top. Like just, you know, the rules guy, just trying to eat whatever. Right. She's like, dude, you know, it'd be so cool. Like if we opened our own spot. Yeah. You see like nomás talking about it and like it would be. And it was like, I started looking at like rental spots and different like equipment, like just because if it's one thing about me, if I got time, I'm going to research. Right. I have to be bored and I'm over here researching business ideas that I'm probably never going to execute, but I just want to know. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was doing. But I passed by the location that we have now and it said for lease. And I'm like, wow, I have like $200 in the bank account. <laughs> like, And it was the perfect location because it was in a corner, big windows, but it was an optometrist. And I'm like, oh, it has no kitchen. It's going to, you know? So I just mm-hmm. started asking questions. And to make a long story short, in that point in time, my dad and I had gone through some healing because his dad has just had just passed away. And he asked me to read him my book. And that book brought us healing, which is crazy because I wrote that book to help other people. And it ended up helping me with my dad, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at least say like, oh, well, are you guys really serious about opening a cafe? And I'm like, yeah, why? (laughs) (laughs) My little sister goes, well, you were going to like invest in a real estate property. Why don't you just let us borrow the money? Yo, Celeste, you can't just ask people for money like that. What's wrong with you? Like, you know, like I never asked my dad for anything, especially because trauma. And I'm like, I don't want him hanging it over my head. And I, you Mm -hmm. you know, I mess up in life and like something happens. He, he throws that in my Mm -hmm. face. My pride cost me a lot of money, (laughs) but I see like, he told me, he's like, well, go find out what you need to do in order order to open that cafe. And I was like, say less. I voy yo en chinga. And I really thought that because I got through college without guidance, I could also do this cafe thing. Mm, That's literally what. What made this happen? The belief that since I got through something like that already with. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can do this. Right. I did, but damn. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know it's like not knowing what I'm getting myself into that helps me go there. Cause if I knew exactly what I was about to head on, Mm -hmm. I would probably would probably wouldn't have happened. Mm No, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. It's like fail forward right? Like just, just do it. Just do it. You know, I, I always talk about like action breeds clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to take action. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And you know, why, if the inspiration was brought to you, 
do something about it. Exactly. Do and something. So then. And so también there's there's a book called The Big Magic. Mm -hmm. um, if you've heard of it, but it talks about ideas and how ideas are out there floating in the universe and they're just looking mm -hmm. for someone who's open to it. So right. if it comes to you and it feels aligned, go for it. But if it comes to you and you're like, that would be like really complicated for me to do right now, just say like, thank you, on to the next. Like go right. find another person that's open to it. And so a mí me han llegado muchas ideas. I get them mm -hmm. all the time, but I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah knowing how to distinguish you know and and that only comes with practice and and learning how to listen to your intuition right and, exactly. which is so interesting because for a long time in business i heard like oh no business is cold and calculated decisions and i'm like it's all emotion like look at the stock market it's all emotion based and yeah. people we're so taught to not feel our emotions socially right and that it's weakness and this and that but it once once you start it like fine-tuning your internal guidance system your emotions and you follow that your life changes completely and ever since i made that switch i just know if it's for me or if it's not and i move so fast now like there's no yeah. hesitation now i used to want one person to agree with me i don't like it's like <laughs> that's right yeah no I know it's like you're a leader and so it's like you already know you see it you have visualized it and you're taking action towards that goal and you have history to back up that it's possible yep right? now, now I do <laughs> yeah well now, I mean you got the skill set the skill yeah. set and on and being an entrepreneur being a podcaster is an entrepreneur it's getting out there every week getting mm -hmm. these episodes you know doing doing the copyright doing the content doing that all is work as like an entrepreneur you you're like the leader of your own company and you are making things happen because of who you are it is this the empresaria you're like a podcaster you're an author i mean you you're all these things and that's yeah. why it's so important for amigas to hear this that whatever you want to do it is possible absolutely it is possible and i know that i know we're getting to the end of our interview here but i don't want to let you go without um, talking about <laughs> your new your new venture because amigas this woman like I said, is empresaria. She's at Postres Cafe, which is the name of the restaurant. She's mm -hmm. got her book. She's a podcaster, but now she's she's going into uncharted territories. And so I really want I want amigas to know what is it. Tell them because I think they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> they're gonna be like, all right. I love that you're delusional, pero tampoco no te pases. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so i i started playing the guitar when i was seven and my grandmother taught me my first song and that got passed on to my mom and to myself so viene the, the my matrilineage right but i stopped for a long time because i was afraid of like being seen in that space mm -hmm. And mind you, I did go and audition to a show called Tengo Talento, Mucho Talento. It's on Estrella mm -hmm. TV with Ana Barbara, Pepe Garza, and Don Cheto. And when I did that, I believe it was 2014, 
And my son was like one year and something. Yo todavía tenía like leche and that was not mm -hmm. cute. But I showed up like at eight in the morning and I didn't go on stage till 11 at night. Entonces yo me quedé como que, dang, like at what time do these people see their families? Like they've been here all day watching other people perform. And I know they do it five days a week, you know. And I was like, I don't think this industry is for me. Like my heart wasn't in it anymore, especially because Jenny Rivera had just passed away a couple of years uh, earlier. And yeah. I'm a big Jenny fan to the point where it's a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> you were a stalker. <laughs> I love that woman. And I remember like her last years, she kept saying, I want to retire to be with my kids. I did not spend time with my kids. Like, los extraño and all of that. So se me quedó eso mucho en la mente. And I was like, I'm not going to go and do that. And literally my son was a year old. I'm like, nah. Especially the way that like women are treated in the regional Mexican environment mm -hmm. is very male dominated. And then you have to be like predisposed to whatever your manager, whatever your producer, basically the people with the money are going to call the shots. Yeah, and, yeah. And women, I just feel there's too much vulnerability for that. And so I walked away from it and I said, maybe it's not for me, whatever. But as a social worker and hearing all these people's stories over and over again, I was like, why isn't anyone writing music about everything else besides mm -hmm. falling in love and breaking up? I'm like, right. Yeah. There's, there's so much in between. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. And I'm over here waiting like for someone to do it. Y otra vez, if I don't see it, I'm like, Jesus isn't me. Do I have to go do this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> last year, 2022, este, I started doing inner child healing. We love a good inner child crying session. But I started playing the guitar again. Cosa que había dejado for years. And so starting to play the guitar again. And I started writing music. I started writing songs about things that would just come to me. And some of them, my own personal experiences, some of them a combination of my story and someone else's. But I let that side of me come out because I had to do healing in order for that to happen. Right. And I knew that once I did that, it would come out creatively. Mm -hmm. So I've always liked to sing and I've always liked to perform but I never liked to call myself a singer because I didn't follow the traditional route, right? Entonces, when they would ask me to do public speaking, in my story, I talk about how I tried a bunch of things until I figured out what I was good at. And I mentioned that I went and auditioned. So a lot of the time, these kids are like, are you going to sing for us? And I'm like, stop, I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in one occasion, I was given the opportunity to have like a 15 minute time slot with the kids and I asked the organizer I'm like do you trust me because I have an idea and they're like yeah do whatever you want whatever and then I put together like this playlist of songs that you hear at Mexican parties and it's when I told the kids all right you know I'm gonna teach you how to survive a Mexican party y ponía las canciones and they lost it like I started with La, La Chona I started with <laughs> All these songs that you typically hear, and they're not all right. Mexican songs. They're like, there was uh, some Elvis Crespo in there. There was other stuff, but it's like, we play those songs at Quinceañeras and things like that. And so at the end, I put the song by Jenny Rivera, No Llega al Olvido, and I end up uh -huh. singing it. with. So when I start singing it, they lost it. They were like, oh my gosh, she sings too. What the heck? <laughs> so, so I have like this little, I was going to say Venn diagram. 
where it's uh-huh. like things I do and it's like social work entrepreneurship entertainment and then in the middle it's like when you ask me to sing at a public speaking event <laughs> it's like that's when I feel like most alive because not only did I like share with you my story and I inspired you but you also allowed me to share my passion which is singing and it's like the fact that we're all connected from whatever I was saying and now we're enjoying this song that's like you know I'm singing at the top of my lungs here and that's when I'm like wow that's so beautiful the fact that I was able to do that and every time they see me after that they're like oh my gosh you're the one that sings huh like I could have said anything else you know and I'm just like no, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 well I'm sure your voice is very beautiful would you like to sing <laughs> I'm like no, but I, I do want to write songs about stuff that like people are not talking about. Like I, I wrote a song and I'll sing a little piece for you right now because I'm a little shy, but it's about how, you know, our family ends up sometimes traicionando there. And so, yeah. So that's the stuff that we need to sing about because then it'll start conversations for it. But yeah. I'll sing a little piece for you right now. So it goes. Yes, thank you. It goes. Andan hablando de mí, pero siempre a mis espaldas. Ya se les hizo muy tarde para pedirme favores. No porque sean de mi sangre, dejarán de ser traidores. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so oh that's. Oh my God, I love that. A little preview. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, first of all, your voice is incredible. And second of all, I love the lyrics. Yeah. So it does a, resonate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a little stir in the pot, a little, because, you know, corridos tend to carry that like umph about them. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, but it's like, let's talk about real stuff, you know? And it's like, that song is more about like, you can't please them anyway. And it's like, yeah. I'm going to have to end up doing me. And God bless y'all from a distance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. So right, that's, exactly. that's my, my dream is like that people come to concerts and like literally it's like mini therapy sessions. Like we talk and we 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 get it out there and then we sing songs and like and then you leave feeling inspired, healed, and the chest is unos tequilitas and it's all good. <laughs> like that's nice. Well, I can't wait to I can't wait to be one of your audience members because <laughs> I mean that's amazing. I love corridos. I love banda. You know, some mm. sometimes, like my family, we're more rancheros. Yeah. You know, más la, la la the ballads and the rancheras. And but some of the family members are like real banda, loves banda and all that. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I really do. I enjoy it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 basta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I yeah. Yeah, I'm so impressed with everything that you have and what you're up to. And I know that you're going to be going to Mexico for for this specifically. And and that that takes a lot of lot of courage and brave, you know, to leave America for a period of time so that you can start this new venture of yours in singing. And I'm so, you know, this is incredible. Kudos to you. And And I love everything that you're doing. And before I let you go, I always ask my guests if they could provide one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. What do you say? 
how an amiga can handle her shit is connecting with people that lift you up mm. i think that who is around us and whether or not they're speaking life into us you're going to be able to find strength in numbers and so you don't have to do this alone and mm. for a lot of us we don't know how to accept help or how to reach out so start doing that for yourself because i know a lot of us are so fast and quick to do it for other people yeah yeah i think there's one thing that my good friend dr v she says she's like jackie just learn to receive mm -hmm. i'm here to support you i don't need anything in return yeah and we're so quick to like okay well hoy por ti mañana por me like yeah. doing that exchange and it doesn't have to be that way no it doesn't you could be carried by others by the universe by god and once you allow that energy to come into your life like anything that happens that you think is bad is just an opportunity for you to clarify what you actually want that's all that is happening it's never good or bad it just is and now you reinforce okay actually i don't want that i want this and that's what that is <laughs> oh my god i love that i love that well thank you so much for being on amiga handle your shit i'm i wish you so much happiness and so much success in this new endeavor because i know it's gonna it's just gonna you're gonna knock it out of the park and i can't wait to buy your i used to say your cd but that that's my old generation <laughs> who knows what it's gonna be now right it would be iTunes record. I don't know. Not oh, record, but I iTunes. Don't know I don't know. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you like allowing me to explore all the sites that I am and inviting that into your podcast. Thank you for trusting me with your audience. I know that you've worked really hard to build it and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.